Happy Aloha Friday and welcome to Perspectives on Global Justice Think Tank Hawaii. This is your host, Beatrice Cantelmo. On today's episode, we will be talking about two very challenging topics. The refugee crisis in Europe and the prevalence of N types of human trafficking that refugees are vulnerable to and the reasons behind it. We'll also examine strategies that could be implemented that would help decrease human trafficking cases involving refugees, not just in Europe, but all over the globe. We're very fortunate to have a guest, Eva Hernandez-Zeno, a graduate student of Hawaii Pacific University, whose study focus is on organizational development and change, and that she will guide us in this dialogue. Well, thank you so much for uh, being our guest today. Yeah, thank you for having me on the podcast. I, I, love, I love this kind of collaboration work. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and uh, the show is about perspectives, and I think you have uh, some really good things to share with our viewers. And uh, so before we get started, you know, in the, you know, hitting the road running, uh, I would like uh, to give you an opportunity to let our viewers know where do you come from and, uh, um, you know, what are you studying and, uh, you know, where are things at in your uh, graduate studies? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so I am from Mexico City, and nice. my dream has been to do work that helps people in, a, in any kind of capacity of even like non-profit organization work or, or uh, you know, with IGOs. So, nice. I mean, yeah, it's been my whole time, my career has been devoted to any work in that area. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but so I was, I did my undergraduate studies in international relations, and then now I'm doing organizational development and change. Right, so let's talk a little bit, what is organizational development and change? What, what do they focus on? And, and it's quite a unique uh, yeah. focus, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we do, what we do is consultancy, and but my focus is going to be to helping nonprofit organizations take on challenges. I mean, working for a nonprofit org is is can be challenging. Right. So, what kind of challenges um, do you foresee um, tackling and supporting NGOs with? Yeah, probably funding. Funding would be, you know one of the biggest challenges. And also really just making sure that the mission and vision really do solve some of the gaps right. that are around, yeah. you know, the, the areas that states need, that cities mm -hmm. need. Um, so yeah, when I moved to Hawaii, um, I immediately noticed a thing of, you know, a gap in homelessness. And therefore, I immediately wanted to jump in and, and, and help in any way I could. Right. So it just, it just really aligned with, with what I wanted to do. Yeah. Well, that's perfect. What brought you to Hawaii? Uh, my, my partner, yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, that's the best way to be in Aloha is with love, right? Yeah. That is great. Well, we're very fortunate to have you here as part of our ohana. And so... Well, today we're going to be talking about uh, your studies. So tell 
give our viewers a little bit of the background of, you know, how did you choose to work on refugees and human trafficking? And what are your findings? You know, what are you learning along the way? Yeah, so, so um, I seek to, you know, and, and apply for the United Nations Model United Nations graduate program for HBU, mm -hmm. uh, which is the graduate school I go to, and right. they granted me the you know the opportunity, and the entire it just it just shot off after that the mm -hmm. opportunities, and really learning more about refugees and IDPs. Mm -hmm. What does IDP mean? So it's internal displaceable. Internal displaceable people. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, people, you know, who are within the country, but for some civil, um, for if any civil problem, they have no home or or anywhere to go to. So. Right. So the refugees that you are focusing on are come from which regions uh, mostly? So we we're focusing this this year. We're focusing on Syria. Um, yeah, so therefore we're focusing on any, anybody in Syria who is displaced or who is a refugee and likely they're probably a bigger target to human trafficking. Right. So let's talk about the connection between being a refugee, which you're already in a very vulnerable state, you know, being displaced, you know, you, you, yeah. you are countryless, you know, basically. And, uh, and what is it that makes refugees more vulnerable to human trafficking? And then what kinds of human trafficking are you able to uh, document that these individuals are, you know, uh, experiencing? Yeah. So I think the, for the first question, um, refugees are very vulnerable. They have, I mean, if you think about how much time it takes for somebody to actually get refugee status, mm -hmm. it takes six months at the earliest amount of time. And that's in Europe. In the U.S., Mexican border, we yes. have to add maybe a couple of years there. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So it, so that you know, to to answer that question, yeah, it that's why refugees are so vulnerable into human trafficking. So, when you see them being trafficked, is it happening in the encampments where they're waiting? Are they taking a different route and or being lured or offered something, and then they trust and leave and they get trafficked then what's going on what is the trend so it from the research that i have done is really about paramilitary paramilitary groups who are intervening in the conflict as well mm -hmm. but on on that on that behalf some people are really really um poor mm -hmm. and living in syria and so they so that's the only thing they can do. Right. And when you talk about human trafficking, war, because there are like a plethora of you know, ways that a person can be trafficked, it can be sexual trafficking, it can be forced labor, 
the organ uh, harvesting, you know, legally. What, what are you all finding uh, then? What is the age, uh, if there's any track of like age of people who are being trafficked and gender? So what we've, we have found so far uh, with my committee of the General Assembly to the United Nations that we're doing, um, it really is more focused on, not on age, but really women and children. Women and children. So they are being organ trafficked. Like they will actually, they will actually sell their organs because they have no economic sustainability. So wait a minute, let me see if I understand this correctly. So women and children are being trafficked because they're mostly vulnerable. But for organ harvest trafficking, so like what, like livers, kidneys? So the, the, most, the most trafficked organs are the heart, liver, and kidneys. So wait, if you can't, you can't donate your heart because uh, then you're dead. So these people are actually being murdered. Uh, and, and, and these organs are going where? Is there any study that tracks where they're going? They, so what, it, it, it's work just done with paramilitary groups. And also, I mean, you can you think about Lebanon, Turkey, and Iraq. Uh, so they're just finding ways to solve solve economic economic issues uh, but based on really terrible human rights violations oh absolutely i mean i can't imagine harvesting one's organ you know in those conditions being yeah. a way to curb poverty you know yeah. and so like what are the ways uh, that uh, uh the investigative work is happening like uh People who survived coming back to report, or do they go to the hospital really sick from after the butchering that they have to undergo, and that's how authorities find out? Well, to be honest, the only work is done from organizations who are covering this kind of work. Mm -hmm. So Amnesty, you know, some of my sources are from Amnesty, or mm -hmm. UN news sources, right. um, and CIA. So that that's who that's the only reports you know we get because uh -huh. it's such a it's such a recent kind of it's such a, it's a it's a recent problem it really is happening right now mm -hmm. so therefore you really have to have you know a quick back kind of um like a quick kind of cover of it. So therefore, some, some type of documents take forever to, to be, to be published, or, published. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, so what is the global response, like from the UN, for example, Amnesty, uh, with regards to these new investigative findings? 
Um, are there any urgent action that's about to gonna be issued or ways to educate refugees about what they are vulnerable uh, of uh, and ways that they can maybe try to protect themselves? Is there any plan in place or talks about it? Yeah, so I think this, this is a really cool opportunity with HPU that you know, we get to go in and, and throw some resolutions or really research. Mm -hmm. And they will actually look at our position papers and, and see what we think about it and see all the work that we've done and consider it. Mm -hmm. um, but other than really would be the resolutions and right yeah. so let's talk about resolutions like for our viewers who are not familiarized with UN working resolutions how it works so you have an investigative uh, process and an issue that has been identified once you did both parts then there is recommendations and then what happens with those recommendations how do these recommendations and issues become a resolution at the UN so then you go to, you know, to the General Assembly and then you ratify it. So it would be a ratified resolution or something that the more countries that are able to collaborate, which I think is really the, the purpose of the United Nations. Mm -hmm. um, and I really have to thank HBU because they have taught me that you know, that it really is right. a collaborative space. Power yeah. of many, yes. We're going to take a minute break and be right back. Cool, awesome. Aloha, this is Winston Welch. I am your host of Out and About, where every other week, Mondays at three, we explore a variety of topics in our city, state, nation, and world, and uh, events, organizations, the people that fuel them. It's a really interesting show. We welcome you to tune in and we welcome your suggestions for shows. Um, you got a lot of them out there and we have an awesome uh, studio here where we can get your ideas out as well. So I look forward to you tuning in every other week where we've got some great guests and great topics. You're gonna learn a lot. You're gonna come away inspired like I do. So I'll see you every other week here at three o'clock on Monday afternoon. Aloha. Aloha, I'm Wendy Lowe and I'm coming to you every other Tuesday at 2 o'clock live from Think Tech Hawaii and on our show we talk about taking your health back and what does that mean? It means mind, body and soul. Anything you can do that makes your body healthier and happier is what we're going to be talking about. Whether it's spiritual health, mental health, fascia health, beautiful smile health, whatever it means, let's take healthy back. Aloha. Welcome back to Perspectives on Global Justice, Think Tech Hawaii. Uh, this is your host, Beatrice Contamo, and we are here with uh, Eva Hernandez Zenon. And uh, so, Eva, so we were talking about um, you turning in the research that it's being done. Are you working alone in this uh, uh, investigative work, or do you have a, a, a partnership with other students? Yeah, we we have so we have other students working on it. 
and right. my close my closest committees, I mean, very mm -hmm. committees. Yeah, Keisha, she is um, she's from China, and she's brilliant and an awesome coworker to right. do this research with. So um, yeah, but there are a bunch of other, commi other like, committees. Too. Yeah. Right. And so, so you're all going to be working together and then the collaborative combined efforts of all of your studies will then comprise the uh, writing of the findings of your, res like your, your studies and then goes to the UN. And then, then what? Then what happens? What, what would the UN do with your collective work? So what we do then after the papers are all turned in, so every committee has to write a paper, and then we all turn it back in to our professor, uh, Andrea, Andrea Malji, mm -hmm. and then she sends them out. So we have several edits um, to make sure that it is aligned with what we're doing and to make sure that you know we, we did the research right. as we could. But yeah, so then after that, once it's there, they look at the contact, the content, mm -hmm. and they could send it back if, if something, you know, if something was wrong or if, if the... They need further clarification. Yeah. yeah. So there is a checks and balance yeah. and you, you have a process to follow through. One of the things I really appreciate about um, NGOs like the UN and especially Amnesty International is uh, how thorough they are with their investigative uh, work piece. Yeah. It takes a while to get done and complete it, but by the time it is published, it is based on factual evidence and they talk to so many different sources to be able to examine different uh, facets of you know, a particular issue. So um, in your ability, like as a researcher now and as a graduate student, are you able, are you going to be able to travel, to see the site, or connect with other researchers who are in different like, sites? Because you guys are looking at this in uh, Syria, but are there other countries involved? Yeah, there are a bunch of, there are so many countries involved in it. And it's cool, just when I was looking through the list of countries involved, there, is, there are even graduate schools and from Mexico, you know, for where mm -hmm. I'm from, mm -hmm. that will be involved. So I will be able to connect back. Right. And are they focused on uh, um, refugee uh, issues and concerns in Mexico border and in Central America? Or are they going to be working with different regions? So, yeah, I, I didn't exp specify. So every committee has one country or, or well, every, so as, a, as HPU, we have Syria. So right. every other college mm -hmm. has a different country to focus on. But then they also have committees within. And each committee focuses on different topics. So mm -hmm. my committee is General Assembly 3. And then we focus on disability of, of elderly, and then human trafficking and humanitarian aid. Right. So, so, so we did talk a little bit about human trafficking from a standpoint of um, 
you know, the organ harvesting. And are there any other uh, types of human trafficking you are looking at also, like sex trafficking or forced labor? All the above? I think all of the above, all of them are included in it. I mean, I don't think I, you know, it's, it's, a, it's in the research. Yeah. Okay. So it, it's in there, but uh, also it's, when you do research, you have to make sure you put, you know, footnotes or, or what, what kind of, where the source comes, where the source, source comes from. Yeah. yeah. So, it's really hard, sadly, to be able to know the death toll of how many people are actually being human trafficked and how many people are, you know, just their organs are being harvested. Yeah. No yeah. So you mentioned that within the scope of your study, you're also looking at disability uh, rights and Early yeah. issues. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I think so for Syria, you know, which is what we're focusing on, the nation we're focusing on. Um, being in Syria, I can't even imagine it, first of all, but also being an elderly and not being able to maybe evacuate where you live. And anything else it would it would definitely be um detrimental to to your living circumstances right and are there i because i'm so ignorant about uh, the population of syria are there a large percentage of uh, people who would be classified in that you know senior bracket or oh, you guys still trying to sort that out I'm not. I'm. I'm really not sure. So I would. Okay. I would be lying if I. If I, you know, said something. Yeah, you're, you're learning. Yeah, that, and that's okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. But I imagine that regardless of percentage, that there are seniors that will have extra um, challenges, and regardless of whether the place is under conflict or not. But yeah, that really sucks for them because. Uh, not being able to move as quickly or having mobility issues, for example, you know. And I think that could so, be applied to pretty much anywhere. Yeah. Being disabled and not, especially as an elderly citizen anywhere, yeah. and not being able to move around, you know, and just evacuate yeah. for well, I, anything. I often think, like, of the largest you know famine in the world right now being in syria and the largest humanitarian crisis and we always have images of children which you know it breaks i think everyone's hearts yeah. and it's right there but i really think about seniors and you know if some would they're kind of like forgotten or put on you know like oh you already lived your life you know whatever resources we have, we may just look at the younger ones, you know, try to help them as opposed to someone who's, you know, older. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see what you find out in your studies. Yeah. 
And I'm really excited to be doing it. Yeah. And then with regards to disability, uh, individuals with like, you know, um, functional abilities, what are the common functional abilities that you are looking at? Like physical, cognitive, um, emotional? In regard of uh, Of the disability. No, I think, I think in regards with, uh, you know, that scope of looking at disabilities. I don't know if you're looking at just the elderly or if you're looking at all ages. Yeah, we're, we're just, so my topic, yeah, is more focused on elderly mm -hmm. with disabilities, but I think it could be definitely yeah. top-down and just making sure that mm -hmm. children are also disabled, anybody. Right. So I know that uh, part of your uh, gift is to be able to nurture those seeds of investigative work, uh, craft the findings, prepare the reports, and then you release it to the world of the UN, and, and they are the ones who will um, decide on any kind of resolution that they would pass. But if you had a magic wand and you could uh, say, I wish I could influence these kinds of resolutions, just from the little bit that you already studied on and found, what would these uh, resolutions look like? Like, if you can, if anything is possible, in the world of anything is possible. I love that question. That's awesome. <laughs> I would say anything with children. Honestly, okay. if a child can grow up and, and have any opportunity that they could have, I would be happy with that. Mm -hmm. There is nothing else that would make me happier than that. So oh, yeah. That's very powerful too. And uh, so like if you were to think a magic wand for uh, women and children who are more susceptible to being trafficked, human trafficked, what kind of resolution would you wish to see it implemented between countries? Because I know that this is an effort that has to be embraced by yeah, many countries, no, right? for sure, yeah. yeah. I think women and children should be treated equally and really, really powerfully thinked upon. Um, but a resolution would be to do anything you can to help that. That group not being so vulnerable, right? Yeah. So safeguards, right? And yeah. uh, ways that the, uh, that would the be group. Yeah. programs, you know, that would prevent, that they would, yeah. you know, not so much interventive work, intervention work, which is necessary, but the prevention piece of it, which is so crucial, education. Yeah. And, uh, and security and safety, right? You know, it's a big thing. Uh, community security, resiliency, anything right? yeah. that can help women and children mm -hmm. be safe and grow up in this, you know, in our communities. World, yeah, and experience the good and the beautiful parts of, you know, uh, being a human being in planet Earth, right? In this. Path we call, you know, life journey. 
I can't believe the 30 minutes passed so quickly. I but know. I hope you'll come back many times and yeah. that your peers will agree to also come so we can get a little bit more of a blurb also of what they are doing. Uh, thank you so much for your you know, commitment to focus your studies in what you do. Yeah, and thank uh, you. For being so here. Excited. Yeah, absolutely. So cool. So, and uh, this concludes our episode of Perspectives on Global Justice for today. Uh, thank you so much for watching us and until next time, uh, we hope.